0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Tribe Time now.
1: One, two, tribe Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe, tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive. Helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.
2: Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Canada, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, the Rogers Center where the Indians are taking on the Blue Jays this weekend. And uh, after the first two games of the series, the series even up at one win apiece as the Indians continue to close in on an American League Central Division title. Coming up on this week's show, we'll hear from Indians reliever Oliver Perez, also shortstop Francisco Lindor and Yandy Diaz, tribe-designated hitter and sometimes third baseman. And we'll have a special visit as well with Eric Burns, the former Major League outfielder who's now with MLB Network and doing some great things to raise money for kids and exercise and making sure that kids continue on a good path in terms of school athletic programs. So that's coming up later on in our show. But first, a look back at the week in review, and it began... On Monday, with a loss to Kansas City on Labor Day Monday, 5-1 was the final score back home at Progressive Field. So the Indians headed into Tuesday's game looking to snap a rare three-game losing skid. Kansas City the opponent again, and uh, early leads were the trend all week for the Indians. Most of that due to Francisco Lindor batting in the leadoff spot.
1: Swung on, drilled, deep left field. It is gone to the bleachers. Francisco Lindor, he homered in the ninth inning yesterday, left-handed, and he pounds one into the bleachers and left right-handed to start the Indians first. On nothing tribe, number 31 for Francisco Lindor, his sixth right-handed. And that ball got out of here in the blink of an eye. It is also the sixth time this year that Francisco Lindor has let off an Indian's first inning with a home run. Melky Cabrera drove
2: in another run in that first inning with a ground out to make it 2-0. Then it was Jason Kipnis with some clutch, two out hitting. Kipnis
1: batting 226, 14 homers, 57 ribbies. The pitch, he lines one toward right field. It's a base hit, and the score is Ramirez. Stomping at second is Cabrera. Oh, is that a big two-out RBI single by Jason Kipnis. And the Indians make it a three-run inning. And just when it looked like Duffy had a chance to get out of it and minimize the damage, Kipnis delivers the clutch two-out hit. More offense in the second inning from Jose Ramirez. He delivers. A swing and a long drive, deep right center field. On the run is Phillips. Lunches, can't make the catch crashes into the wall he's down into scores Lindor stopping at third is Diaz Ramirez with an RBI double and Phillips is hurt Brett Phillips went face first into the wall and right center a dead sprint and at the last moment was lunging to make the catch and he got face planted he is now finally up
2: on his feet then Edwin Encarnacion followed up with a sacrifice fly to make it 5 0. And that set the stage for Brandon Geyer. The pitch,
1: swing and a liner to left, base hit near the line. 6 0 tried. Another clutch two out RBI hit. This time from Brandon Geyer. And Geyer, who rarely plays against right handed pitching, has knocked in his 23rd run of the year on his second hit of the night. In the fifth, it was Yandy Diaz with a hit that he'll never forget.
2: Here's the 1-0. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball deep right center.
1: It's way back there. That ball is gone. Home run, Yandy Diaz. Oh, man, does he have a grin as he rounds the bases
2: after his first major league home run. Oh, tremendous power for Diaz, and that time he launched one to right center and gives the Indians an eight-to-one lead. Well, they'll try and get that baseball back for Yandi Diaz.
1: Then in the seventh, it was Diaz one more time. Swung on, hit a high fly, fairly deep right, Bonifacio's back, track, at the wall, he leaps. He can't make the catch. Ball bangs off the wall. Around third, heading for home is Davis. On his way to third, Yandy Diaz, as he is in standing with his second triple. So, Yandy Diaz, a single, a homer, a triple, a walk. Two RBIs, three runs scored, nine to two try. And Diaz, with that great power the other way. I'll tell you, if he ever is able to learn to pull the ball. And the biggest thing he would have to do in that regard is just not let the ball get so deep. He really lets it travel deep. But if he ever starts to hit that ball out in front of the plate, look out. So
2: 9-3 was the final score. The Indians were back in the win column, and it was on to Wednesday to try and win a series over the Royals and close out the homestand on an upbeat note. Corey Kluber was on the mound for the Indians, and It was much more of a pitcher's duel on Wednesday than what the teams played on Tuesday night. Kluber against Brad Keller, who was also very good. And once again, the Tribe took the lead early, thanks to Greg Allen in the
1: second inning. Keller sets, checks third, the pitch. Allen, line drive to left field. It's getting down, base hit. And the Indians have a 1-0 lead. So Greg Allen, 16th RBI on a clutch two-out single the other way.
2: The Royals even things up with a run in the fourth inning, but it wouldn't stay tied for long, as in the fifth, Edwin Encarnacion got the job done. Here's Keller's 0-2 pitch. Swung on, a chopper to the third baseman. Dozier to second for one. No throw to first. Scoring on the play is Brantley, and the Tribe takes a 2-1 lead. Well, with Encarnacion running not the fleetest of foot, you thought maybe... The Royals would be able to turn two, but Diaz was barreling in hard at the second base bag, and Herrera never could get the throw off. And Encarnacion picks up a run driven in, and the Indians take a two-to-one lead. Ninety-four RBIs now for Edwin Encarnacion. Meanwhile, on the mound,
1: Corey Kluber had it rolling. Indians with a two-to-one lead. Royals with a runner on, one down here in the seventh inning. Now the set, now the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss, another curveball. Ten strikeouts for Corey Kluber. The third time he's gotten Bonifacio. And here comes Terry Francona. That'll be it for his ace. What a ball game Kluber has pitched today. 105 pitches in this heat and humidity. Striking out ten and walking one giving up one run on two hits, and they'll rise to their feet as Corey Kluber heads to the third-base dugout. Another superb performance by one of the best pitchers to ever wear a Cleveland Indians uniform. Then Oliver Perez came on to get the final
2: out in the seventh, and it was Cody Allen on for the eighth.
1: The 2-2. Swing and a miss. Curveball got him. So Cody Allen with a 1-2-3 eighth inning. Folks, Cody Allen is back. That curveball of his is now starting at the knees, and the bottom is falling out of it, and hitters can't lay off it. And then Brad Hand closed it out in the ninth. 3-1 Indians, Royals batting, two outs. Nobody on base here in the ninth. And Dozier awaiting the 1-2 pitch. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. Ball game. Got him with a slider. Brad Hand strikes out the side. Gets his 30-second save. And the Indians' magic numbers down to nine. Tribe with a 3-1 win over Kansas City. So the Indians
2: won it 3-1 to to finish up the homestand. And it was on to Toronto to open up a new series on Thursday night. And a seven-game road swing for the Tribe.
1: Another early lead for the Indians, thanks to Francisco Lindor. The right-hander's pitch, and it swung on, hit a ton. Deep right center field. This ball is gone! Francisco Lindor has done it again. It's his seventh leadoff home run of the season. And so Frankie Lindor has now tied the Indians' club record that was held by Grady Sizemore. In the third inning, Lindor at bat once again, same result. Now the payoff pitch. Lindor sends one to deep right field again. McKinney's back, leaps at the wall, and this ball is gone! It got over the 10-foot wall. McKinney with a leaping attempt at the wall and right. And Lindor cleared the 10-foot wall, his second home run. In two at-bats tonight, and the Indians lead it 2 to nothing. and Lindor has equaled his career high of getting 33 home runs in a single season.
2: A four-run fourth inning for the Blue Jays put Toronto in front, but it was short-lived as the Indians answered, starting in the fifth inning with Brandon Geyer. Gomes at second, Allen at first. Gaviglio delivers, and there's a swing and a line drive to left. Base hit, headed down the line, rounding third and scoring is Gomes, headed to third and being held is Allen, and into second with an RBI double is Brandon Geyer. And the Indians have cut the lead to one. It's now the Blue Jays four and the Tribe three. And it looks like this is the end of the line for Gaviglio. And then Lindor's big night continues the pitch swung on broken bat loopers shallow left that'll get down for a base hit Allen has scored good read by Geyer. he races around third and he scores as well and Lindor's aboard with a two-run single that has put the Indians back in front 5-4 tribe here in the fifth inning and what a night going for Frankie Lindor three hits two home runs Four runs driven in, and the Indians move back in front on that broken bat, bloop, single to left. Greg Allen added an RBI single in the sixth inning to make it a 6-4 to ball game, and then in the top half of the ninth, Jason Kipnis removed all doubt. The pitch.
1: Swung on, hit high, hit deep to right, away, back and gone. Off the facing of the second deck. And Jason Kipnis hammers one of his deepest home runs of the year. There's your ball game. And the Indians blow it open on Kipnis' three-run homer to make it 9-4. Jason Kipnis with his 15th homer and 63 runs batted in. So the Indians had a 9-4
2: win Thursday night. Friday night, it was the Blue Jays coming out on top in 11 innings on a home run by Kevin Pilar to win it by a final score of 3-2. to two. That's your week in review. Stay tuned as Tribe Talk continues. We'll visit with Indians relief pitcher Oliver Perez. That's coming up on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio
1: Network.
3: The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the Progressive Box.
1: Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one.
4: Nope, too
0: much. Ah, there it is gotta get things just right like progressives name your price tool tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget and now the mood is right wait the lights are back on again Trudy, can you and now it's completely dark
3: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: perez checks first and the payoff pitch swing and a miss Took something off the slider, and he strikes out Goodwin, who has struck out three times today. So it's stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario, Cleveland 2 and Kansas City 1.
2: Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Toronto, the Rogers Center, where the Indians are playing the Blue Jays this weekend. Afternoon action on Saturday, a 4.07 first pitch. will be on at 3.37 with Indians warm-up, and the series concludes on Sunday afternoon at 1.07 with a 12.37 airtime. Well, Oliver Perez has been just outstanding for the Indians since they acquired him and put him in that bullpen back in early June. In 42 outings for the Tribe, Perez has an 0-1 record, but an earned run average right around 1. He's been just tremendous. And on our warm-up show earlier this week, he talked about some of the keys to his success since joining the Indians.
5: Yeah, I think the more important for me is trying to be ready every day, learning what happened in you last outing, even in your last game. And uh, I think the more important is just trying to be consistent, be consistent, be available to be ready for any game. And uh, I think that's, that's what I'm doing right now.
2: When you look at your appearances a lot of times you may face only one hitter and, and that would seem to be easy but it, what are the challenges when you know sometimes you, you may be called upon to just face that one left-handed batter
5: yeah I think that you say you no know, sometimes I just only face one guy but normally I, I, I like to watch a game and normally which guy I want to face and just uh, recognize like he's doing great he's doing bad in that day and learn how to how to warm out in the bullpen and just be available to to be a hundred percent when i'm on the mound
2: you've been with a couple of different teams some good teams some teams not so good uh as this team heads into the month of september what do you like especially down in that bullpen uh, as you work through some challenges
5: well i think the more important is this, this is a really nice group you know that's that's the more important as a team you have a really nice group you know sometimes you, you have to understand you know the bullpen can got in trouble like offense can get in trouble, defense can get in trouble, starters can get in trouble. I think the more important just keep it together, keep it together, just support each other. You know it, it's twenty five guys, twenty five guys, so the more important you just get the W, no matter like who get the W, who who make the big out, who make the big hit, who make the big big strikeout, the more important just trying to do the job and just try to put the pieces together, just trying to win more games.
2: You mentioned it, it's a good group here, uh, and I remember when you first got here, you didn't know too many of the, of the players here. Was it what you expected, or has it been a pleasant surprise for you?
5: Oh, normally you know a couple guys because you you've been facing those guys a lot, and and I think I, I think the more important as a really good group is we only ha- we we have one goal just first of all just make the playoff, and we we are good pace to make it, and I think the more important is I say is keep it together, and that's what, what thats why what this team do. No? We, we all keep together. We all relax. We know what, what we have to do to win games, and I think that's more important. Just, uh, we, we are ready to, to roll, and we're excited to, to try to make this, the first step. Well, you've been a big part of it for sure, and Oliver, thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you. appreciate it.
2: That's Oliver Perez, who has been a huge key to that tri-bullpen, a lefty who they can clearly rely on so far this season. Stay tuned. More to come as we continue with Tribe Talk. We'll visit with Francisco Lindor and Yandi Diaz. That's right around the corner on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.
1: Don't go away, folks.
2: Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse joining you from the Rogers Center in Toronto this weekend. Great to have you with us. Talking baseball on the radio as we get you ready for Tribe Baseball a little bit later on this afternoon. Francisco Lindor has had some kind of season as he'll head into play on Saturday with a career best tying, 33 home runs. He's driven in 84 runs, 40 doubles. Uh, just a tremendous year, another tremendous year in what has been a sensational career for the Indians' young shortstop. Two leadoff home runs this week, seven now on the season. And when we caught up with Frankie on Friday, he talked about his approach to batting in that leadoff spot.
3: He gets us going. He gets us going. There's nothing better than um, being up one nothing in the first inning. Um, whether I hit a home run, which is, does, doesn't happen too often in the game like that with a home run, but uh, if I get on base still second or hit a double or, and Brandley will drive me in or move me over and then host will drive me in, which is, is one nothing, one nothing Indians. And uh, the, our pitcher hasn't even thrown a baseball yet. And, you know, that that gives him that sense of confidence, like, alright, yeah, I got to run already. All I got to do is just go out there and and, uh, and compete. I'll be fine. And so is my my teammates, they they see me getting base hit, and they know, like, yes, you know, it, we're gonna we, we're gonna get things going.
2: Sometimes you hear about pitchers when they start again at first pitch, want to get it in there, start the game with a strike. Do you think about that as you're up there that you may get a, a better pitch than maybe you normally would later in the game?
3: I mean, yeah, yeah, it's in it's in my head, but I I just every at bat is different, you know. I, um, it could be the first pitch of the game, or it could be the 100th pitch of the game. Um, uh, they all, to me, I, I got a purpose, and I got a reason um, whether to take it to swing. And uh, I haven't started a game in a while swinging on the first pitch, um, but uh, it doesn't really matter whether I swing on the first pitch or it's the third pitch of my bat. It's just, um, the way I see it, it's, if it's a good pitch, I'm gonna swing.
2: No matter what time or what type of season a hitter is having, there's those inevitable ups and downs. I know a couple of days ago you'd mentioned that uh, I think everybody on the team was just battling through trying to trying to play good baseball, and it's not always easy sometimes. Uh, do you feel like you've been able to, to fight through that, and, and now maybe catching an upswing again?
3: I hope so. I hope so. Um, definitely, yesterday was a good a good day. Um, today's a completely different day. Nobody cares about what we did yesterday or. Um, what we did in the, a week ago. Whether I was slumping or not, nobody remembers. Um, but they'll really remember um, what we do today. Um, so just, that's kind of how I see it. Whatever's in the past is in the past for a reason. Is Just focused on the present.
2: You're getting it done on the field, obviously. And, and there's things that you can do off the field. And it seems like you've grown um, from a leadership standpoint as time has gone by. Uh, explain, there's been two instances, uh, one with Yandi Diaz, one with Jose Ramirez, where you have gone in and talked to Terry Francona about different things with them uh, mm-hmm. as a helpful voice. What have you tried to do there, and why do you think that's important, important knowing your background when you were first learning the language here?
3: Yeah, us um, Latin players, um, we shy away from, from certain things sometimes, you know, we don't speak the language, we don't, we don't know the culture as more as, as much, and we try to be very respectful. Um, Yanni had a couple of concerns about playing time, and you know, I was like, All right, man, let's go over there. I'll help you, I'll, I'll help you express yourself the right way. And, um, just I got your back, and I'll be there with you. And but Tito is a great guy, he's not gonna get mad at you just because you came in asking. Um, so let's let's go and do it. And, uh, we went, talked to Tito, uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, Yanni got a lot of it, a, a lot out of it, and uh made him made him understand what what was going on, you know, what was going on with him, and he, he's a little more comfortable now. And then we we host him. Um It was just a lot of, um, understanding whether it was going to be a, um, a temporary thing, or it was going to be a um, something that was going to last for a long time, or or was it was going to be him bouncing back and forth, and and uh, that was his concern, expressing his concerns and. And by the end of the day, it's all helping the team win. And you know, he's he not speaking the language as much. Um, he just feel comfortable um, helping him.
2: I remember when you first came up, uh, you were very much respectful of the veterans here and, and trying to know your place as a young player. Uh, over time, how, how does that change for you where you feel more comfortable taking a leadership role? And, and what were some of the turning points for you where you feel more comfortable doing that?
3: Oh, Yandy's yeah, got less time than me, and I. I so I just want to help him. I want to make him feel as comfortable as possible. Um, and I, the only way I know how to do it is by telling him, hey, bro, I got your back. Let's, whatever you need, whatever you um, see, ask me. I'll tell you about it if I got the answer. If I don't have the answer, then we can go talk to someone and I'll find the answer. And, and that's what we did, you know. And uh, just to be honest, it's just... I'm not walking around trying to be the leader or anything. I'm just, you know, I just let, I'll see things, how they play out. And I've been here for four years already, and it's not like I got, but I definitely got enough time to to understand what's going on. And, and I still respect the guys that have more time than me, and I still respect the guys that got less time than me, you know, Re- regardless how many days you got in the big leagues, how many at-bats. Um, we're all humans, and we got to respect each other.
2: Four years, where did that time go? Man, Frank, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you. That is Indian shortstop Francisco Lindor, the all-star shortstop, who's having another tremendous season. And in that interview, he he talked about helping out Yandy Diaz and Yandy's conversations with tribe manager Terry Francona with that language barrier there. And we had a chance to visit with Yandy earlier this week with some translation help from Will Clements, and uh, Yandi had hit his first major league home run on Tuesday, and he talked about that big moment on Tuesday night. And obviously a, a, a big thrill for any player but it seemed like you got more enjoyment out of that than most, smiling all the way around the bases. What was uh, the reaction after it went over the wall and you're running the bases?
4: Yeah, I mean, if anyone realized, I was laughing a lot. I was smiling all the way around the bases. I mean, imagine it was my first home run up here in the big leagues, and I was super happy about it.
2: And I understand you got the baseball back, and uh, where does it go now?
4: Um, if I'm able to, I want to send it down to Cuba to my mother so she can have it there.
2: And a lot of young players uh, feel that this is a great clubhouse to, to break into in terms of help and uh, helping a young player feel comfortable. Who in this clubhouse for you uh, helps you along the way?
4: Um, yeah, I, really, I feel really comfortable in the, in the environment that we have here. It's a good um, it's a good clubhouse, but um, if I had to pick one person, I would say that Lindor has helped me out a lot. He's given me a lot of advice, and um, we talk quite a bit, so Lindor has been great for me.
2: All right, and we'll finish up. Uh, you hit the home run last night. Everyone in here enjoys baseball. It seems like, though, you enjoy Hitting the weights, getting in the gym as much as, as playing baseball. You're back in there this morning. We catch you after your workout today. What is it that you enjoy about going in there every day?
4: You know, I, I like the gym. I really do like the gym. But more than that, I just don't like being bored. So, so when I get here, I just go to the gym. I pass, you know, I spend an hour there, 45 minutes there, um, get my blood going. And from there, I, I get my energy from there.
2: Uh, Yandy, congratulations. Gracias. Thank you. (laughs) That's Indians third baseman designated hitter Yandy Diaz with translation help from Will Clements. Stay tuned. final segment of Tribe Talk comes your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic, is it really all about power? Makes me think of progressives name your price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word, oranges.
2: Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price Tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price
1: and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Toronto's Rogers Center where the Indians are playing the Blue Jays this weekend. The road trip continues Monday night down in St. uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, where they'll take on the Tampa Bay Rays at Tropicana Field. And then it's back home after a three-game series with the Rays. Well, when the Indians were on their most recent homestand, they received a visit from former Major League outfielder Eric Burns, who now works for Major League Baseball Network, But right now, he is in the midst of a cross-country triathlon. He started with swimming in the San Francisco Bay Area, then he biked from San Francisco to Chicago, and now he's running the rest of the way from Chicago to New York City with a stop in Cleveland. And that triathlon is raising money for after-school youth athletic programs. And we had a chance to visit with the ultra-enthusiastic Eric Burns and asked him, why they took uh, this tack to raising money for kids and why it's so important to him and his family. Uh,
0: My wife and I started a foundation called Let Them Play, Um, and pretty much 97% of uh, physical education, uh, 97% of schools no longer have everyday physical education. 70% of kids do zero after-school youth activity now. Kids are spending seven hours a day in front of a screen. Obesity rates are triple than what they were when we grew up in the 1980s. And we we're looking at all this when we were actually trying to put our kids into school and find a school that had everyday PE. And instead of trying to fight the bureaucracy of uh, the public education system, we said, let's do something about it as far as let's go around the country, and basically deliver these checks to these after-school youth activity programs. And I think, you know, another big divide is is when you talk about underprivileged kids because now everything with the travel ball and all that, it's expensive. And a lot of families just can't afford it. So what do they do? They give their kid a screen and, hey, go play. That's the easy way out. And it's just not right. So after I got done playing baseball, um, started working at MLB Network and somehow got into doing – triathlons and started doing Ironman triathlons and it got into ultra running and started doing uh, like crazy ultra runs, 100 mile races and stuff and so we said you know what, why don't we do this kind of cool big event where we do this triathlon across the country and then stop at ballparks along the way and use my connections there to figure out you know what youth activity organizations are in need and deliver these checks to them along the way and try to raise some money and you know more than anything I think just you know raise awareness too um, about youth activity and, and, and the direction it's going and the reason why it's so important to me I grew up full-blown ADHD uh, if you can't tell already but <laughs> basically it stimulates the mind and so activity stimulates the mind so when we put these kids in the classroom and we lock them in the classroom and they're not doing anything you'll never get the potential out of this kid no chance and so as far as I'm concerned every kid deserves a shot and every dirt it's not a privilege i don't look at pe recess and lunch as a privilege those are rights that these kids they they, they deserve those and um so here we are in Cleveland. yeah it we said it's was 22 mile runs they have been averaging probably probably 28 to 32 on the run each day and then the bike was like 100 to 150 a day and it's it's taking its toll but I'm here. I'm still talking to you. So
2: you started with a swim in San Francisco and then the bike to, to kind of get you close and now running.
0: Yeah, the, the bike was just it was wild. Logistically, it was ridiculous. Um, just trying to get through the... Uh, trying to get through, like, Wyoming, for example, just the dirt roads and the wildlife and the antelope. Um, the, the heat and humidity out here the past, like, three, four days has been horrific. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of use it as... Um, a stepping stone and you figure out what you have to do and i um, been using a lot of ice uh probably going through like 20 pounds of ice 25 pounds of ice each day uh whether i'm putting them in neck wraps or or whatnot and uh, arm sleeves and um but it, it it's made it all worth it like to be able to deliver these grants to see these kids and in, in their in their faces and i'll use sacramento as an example we stopped there with a triple a affiliate of the san francisco giants and we. Gave him, it, was only, it wasn't even a big check. It might have been a $500 or $1,000 check. It was a, a $1,000 check. it was for new uniforms and new balls. It was specifically for that. And here's this you know, underprivileged soccer team, basically, that gets this check. It's everything to them. And we take it for granted because, we're like, oh, no, yeah, of course everyone gets new uniforms. Everyone gets new balls. No, they don't. And it gives them an opportunity to stay on par with everybody else. And it's just, it's been pretty cool. And here in Cleveland tonight, Um, I I don't know the exact specific, like the name, but I know because we're working in conjunction with USA Triathlon, who just had their big event here, uh, their national championships, I believe, last weekend. But they have a tri club, like an underprivileged tri club that we're going to be handing out money to, which as far as the sport triathlon is concerned, I think a lot of people look at it as sort of an elitist sport that's that should never be the case we need to give every kid the opportunity to swim bike and run and um so we'll be handing out a grant to them tonight
2: former major leaguer eric burns joining us mlb network and and triathlon raise awareness uh for activities for kids getting them out doing good things um you mentioned cleveland and the significance of not doing 23 miles but making sure it's 22 explain that
0: this was my very first major league game and it's just, the, the story's wild from start to finish. First of all, I couldn't get in the ballpark. I had, I had to beg the security guard to get to, to, to the Because I didn't have my ID on me. I didn't have my, my player's credentials. Now, funny thing, I couldn't get in the ballpark today either. Because I showed up shirtless out there going, hey, I got an interview with MLB Network down there. The guy's like, dude, you're crazy. Who are you? So, same issue. I tried try to get in. I got in. I didn't get in until about 615. Right? So, ended up playing my first Major League game. It was August 22nd of 2000. Wearing number twenty two. And I ended up, it was just a surreal experience. I mean, I still look at this ballpark, like the way I look at it now is not the same as I looked at it back then. Like it was like, now it's like, okay, I've been to a bunch of ballparks and this is what they look like, but that was my first major league stadium. That was the first time I've ever been on a big league field. And it was just um, a real special experience. So I wanted to leave myself 22 miles to get in here. And I thought I did that yesterday. I ran 30 like 31 yesterday thinking okay now i have 22 miles to go and it ended up being 22.99 i stopped my watch right at it 22.99 that was it then i crossed the street and then i was up in left field checking out the perspective uh, from up there which i you never get that as a player
2: easy for people to get involved and and if so how
0: incredibly easy all the donations that we've received online are how we're delivering grants that's it there's no other way so basically the size of the grants, which have ranged between $500 and $2,500, the size of the grant depends on online online donations. So they have meant everything. And I'm so incredibly grateful for what has come in already. Um, It's at letthemplayfoundation.org. And follow the journey. The best way to follow it is you can follow LTP Foundation on Instagram, LTP Foundation on Twitter. Follow my Instagram for, like, the daily updates, basically. Uh, It's at eBurns22, um, and you'll see your money at work literally going to these youth activity organizations. September 16th uh, is the culmination at Yankee Stadium. Um, And, you know, it's. we'll see where we go from there. Uh, My wife's already talking about next year's journey. It's like, I can't talk about, like, past tonight so it's you know the way I'm focusing is just kind of getting one one day to the next but uh again it's it's been a it's been a wild ride.
2: Wonderful thing you're doing and I know you'll finish September 16th at Yankee Stadium that'd that'd be awesome and thanks for including Cleveland as part of the journey.
0: Uh, Cleveland's been awesome always will have a special place in my heart uh like I said and you know it's actually a great triathlon city too so um just You know, incredibly grateful to be here and uh, for the support and one foot in front of the other. It's all we can do here at this point.
2: That is Eric Burns, who is, uh, boy, that is some kind of endeavor, crossing the country as a triathlon to raise money for school youth athletic programs. Tip of the cap to him. That's a, a great effort on his part. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this weekend. We'll join you next week when the team is back home at Progressive Field. They'll be taking on the Tigers next weekend in the team's final homestand of the regular season. want to thank Brian Motze, as always, for helping to put together our show each week. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.
1: Side talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.